Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Squad Podcast. Today I'm joined by my co-host Chris Toner. We discuss Celtic's 1-0 victory over Rangers in the Scottish Cup semi-final. Michael Beale says that this summer will be the biggest rebuild at Ibrox in years. What players have a future at Rangers? Celtic are on course for the treble. Sky's coverage of Scottish football. All this and so much more. Enjoy the show. So Chris, my man, how are we? Yeah, I'm not too bad yourself. Uh, I've been better, mate. <laughs> I've been better. So let's just dive right into it because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, where else to start? But the cup semi-final at the weekend there, Scott. Um, that was um, Rangers Cup final in a nutshell. Um, all about like finishing the season with some pride in that we're a bit of silverware and stopping Celtic's and inevitable treble, it looks like. Um, what did you make of the game? Um, well, the same old story with this Rangers side, Chris. Uh, yet another old firm game this season where Celtic don't play all that well, but do enough to win the game. And to be honest, I'm not surprised at the outcome. Um, first half, I actually thought Rangers played fine. We pressed Celtic well and defensively it looked organised right up until the goal. Um, it was a car crash goal to give away. Raskin, Lundstrom, Kent and Bonabaricic completely switch off. Don't play at the whistle and give Jota the easiest goal that he'll score all season. And it was just pure amateur stuff from the Rangers' defence. It was embarrassing. And you would get pelters conceding that kind of goal at amateur level. And that just sums up Rangers' season. Um, second half, I thought Rangers were the better team, but had absolutely nothing up front. Rangers could have been there for days, mate and Rangers still would not have scored. Um, and the biggest chance Rangers had in the game was Sakala's sitter. It was embarrassing. I think I'm going to be using that word quite a lot on this episode. Yeah, it was embarrassing. Three yards out, open goal, and he hits the side netting. Um, that should signal the end of his Rangers career. We've seen something similar happen in the, the League Cup final where he missed a sitter. The same thing happens again in the semi-final. He's a professional footballer, Chris. There's no excuse for him not to score that. Like, I know everyone says it, but it's true. Literally, you and I could have scored that. I couldn't believe it when I seen it. I was like, really? And, it, like, it, honestly, I see if that was any other player on the pitch. They, prob they probably would have buried that. But it's just Sakala. Like, he tries his hardest. I'll give him that. He tries his hardest. He never hides. But his end product is abysmal. And, yeah, he's finished at Rangers, in my opinion. And on to Celtic, though, I thought... Celtic, as I said, I don't think Celtic were great on the day, but they were compact and well organised. And that in the second half, they just kind of like sat back and allowed us to try and make something happen, which was not going to happen. Like Celtic, like they were allowed to do that because they knew that Rangers had nothing in the final third. They knew that Rangers were not going to be able to hurt Celtic, so that's why Celtic just sat back and seen the game out. And credit to them, Celtic are a good side. Um, but yeah, like I think you even agree with this, Chris. I think the only old firm game this season where Celtic have played well in was the 4-0 game at the start of the season. Every other game, Celtic haven't been all that great, but they've got the result, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, obviously, the one at the start of the season, the 4-0, we were firing on all cylinders that day. Um, obviously... He's probably should have won at Ibrox. Um, obviously, the League Cup final, a lot of blame put on Michael Beale for his team selection on that day. Probably yeah. a similar story at the start of the month. Um, we just did enough to win on the day, a bit like Sunday there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just touching on the Rangers' mistakes, obviously, Kenny made the mistake seconds before the one that led to the goal. Um, obviously, Celtic, there was a whole lot. Uh, 
Celtic never stops. And then I seen a joke meme going around like Rangers anytime Celtic got the ball we stop. Um, Celtic far more clinical side than Rangers at the moment. So any mistake we make, we capitalise and we're that clinical in front of goal that we are going to get goals out of it. But uh, yeah, with that, you touch on Sakala. Um, Ken, is he he done at Rangers for you now, especially after his performance on Sunday? Was bench for it as punishment, basically? Yeah, 100%, Chris. Um, I'm done with Ryan Kent and I'm done with Alfredo Morelos. I thought Ryan Kent's performance on Sunday was a disgrace. It was the worst I've ever seen him uh, perform in a Rangers jersey. He is totally checked out, um, he was non existent. And it looked like you even more. It looked like he wasn't trying. Um, he he looks like he's completely out the door. And um, no wonder uh, Michael Beale brought him off at half time. I think Kent should have been off, like, at, at, at some point in the first half. He was that bad. Um, yeah, and I done an article a couple months ago. Chris were breaking the lines, and I was saying it's pivotal that Rangers sign Ryan Kent a new deal now. I've done a complete 180. I can't wait to see the back of him. Um, he's given me a lot of good memories, uh, especially in Europe. Some great goals against Celtic. Played an important part in us making the Europa League final and winning 55. But yeah, it's just it's just a shame that his Rangers uh, career is going to end in a whimper like that. Um, and obviously, I've praised Ryan Kent in the past and defended him a lot. And when it comes to old firm games, you can agree with this as well, Chris. Ryan Kent, Usually nine times out of ten we turn up for the old firm games and he's always thrived in those kind of games. But yeah, the same thing happened with uh, Johnston. Uh, I think it was in the, the cup final, I think it was, where Johnston just had Kent in his back pocket. Uh, last three old firm games, Kent has just been shocking. And yeah, as I said, can't wait to see the back of him. Same with Alfredo Morelos. Um, you said to me a couple months ago, would I give Morelos a new deal? Yeah. Because I still believe that Alfredo Morelos on his day when he's fit and firing, he's the best striker in the country. Um, but he was just a, he was a disgrace as well on Sunday. Like nothing. He was just walking around, jogging, not pressing. Anytime we got the ball, we would lose it. It was just easy pickings for that Celtic defence. Um, yeah, so the pair of them, I want to see the back of them. Um and it's Alfredo Morelos, like, he really needs to hold himself accountable for the way he's conducted himself in the past year or so. And he's another one who I've defended to the help. But now there's no defending him. We're, we're, we're in May now. And he doesn't, you know, he looks like a complete shadow of the Alfredo Morelos from two seasons ago. He just, he's not even fit. Like, he's like, it was like, it was shocking as well, like, the start of the season. But like it was, it was borderline unprofessional from the way he was conducting himself. Where he was overweight. Uh, anytime we would get the ball, it was just oh, it was just brutal to watch. It was, it was pitiful. It was tragic. Um, but that's the thing, though, right? I, I think Ryan Kent will get a move down south. I think he's going to Burnley. Alfredo Morelos, where does he go? Because he's been awful this year. But at least Ryan Kent's got a bit of credit in the bank, in a sense where. He's obviously, like the last couple of years, he has been really good for us. He's played, as I said, that important part in the Europa League run. And Ryan Kent has showed like, on his day, even some flashes this season, that, yeah, he still is a good player when he's in the right uh, 
right state of mind. Um, but yeah, I felt as though Ryan Ken should be ashamed of his performance because he let Michael Beale down massively. That was Michael Beale's biggest game of his managerial career on Sunday. It's well documented that Michael Beale's done a lot for Ryan Kent and Kent just let him down, let him down massively that day. And Beale is, he's another one where Michael Beale was defending Ryan Kent, praised him to the hilt, saying, yeah, Ryan Kent is a tremendous talent. He would, he's always looked out for him in his game. He's at, he actually got Ryan Kent back to his good form this season as well, where Ryan Kent was was allowed, he was in a position where he was allowed to free roam in the final third. He wasn't restricted like he was under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And that's how Ryan Kent repays Michael Beale by putting in a shameful performance in the biggest managerial game of his career. Um, but on to some of the other players as well, though. That was the end of their tenure at Rangers. Uh, Bonner Barisic, I think he's been a good servant. I'll be looking to sell him. In the summer, um, John Lundstrom appreciate the his efforts in Europa League run and obviously score he scored that goal to take us to the final. We'll always be grateful for that, but type of part ways. I actually thought he played okay in Sunday, but that's not enough. Um, I thought Cantwell was okay as well. He was trying to make stuff happen, and when right when Todd Cantwell came in, he had a bit of a I think. I think a lot of people were judging him as some sort of a, a space boy. He's a diver. He's be easy to push around in the pitch. He's not like that at all. He's not afraid to get in players' faces. And obviously we've seen the wee thing with uh, the water bottle thing where I think Atati was trying to come over and get a water bottle and Cantwell uh, took it away from him. And I like that, though. I, like you want, He gets it. Like, I, like, that's the thing when you're playing for the whole firm. There shouldn't be any of that kind of respect to you. You need to be rivals, you know. You need to have that, like, somewhat of disdain. I, I don't know if that's too much wrong a word to use, but you need to be like that. And he gets it. Um, Raskin, I thought, I think he will be a good player for us. He will come good, but he did not cover himself in glory for Celtic School, where it's just amateur hour, where he tackled O'Reilly and he thought it was a foul. He stood there and was like, oh, it's going to be a free kick. Then Ryan Kent completely, like, was zoned out. Lundstrom is standing there as well, like, is that a free kick? Then Bonabarisic, there was a loose ball in the box, Bonabarisic doesn't even come for it as well. It was just the, the most car crash goal you'll see all season. And as I said, Jota will not score an easier goal than that. But uh, on to the players that I would actually keep, um, I, I've got I've wrote down some notes here, right? James Tavernier, I would keep Chris. Um, I, I've seen some people try to criticise Tavernier for Celtic School saying it was his fault. It was not his fault at all. That was all on Raskin, Bonabarisic, Lundstrom, Kent. It was all it was on then, right? But the only players I would keep would be Tavernier, Goldson, Yelmas, I would keep actually as well, right? Considering considering the fact we spent five million pounds on him. So I want to see a return in that, right? And I believe there is a player in there, even though he's not featured a lot this season. I would keep him, right? Rabi Matundo, we spent £3.5 million on him. I would loan him out because we spent that amount of money on him. I would want to get a return. Uh, Ryan Jack, I would keep as well. It looks like we're going to keep him as... Uh, I'll be happy with that, even though some Rangers fans have concerns about how injury-prone he apparently is, but he's not as bad as compared to the likes of Hollander and Ruth, right? Jack, when he gets injured, he's out maybe for two or three weeks. But... Ryan Jack's too good 
to get rid of. Like we can't get rid of Ryan Jack. Um, I would keep Tom Lawrence as well because right before he got injured, he was arguably our best player. Um, and, and he played a big, uh, important role in us making the Champions League. Uh, Tillman, think I would keep him. Of course, that's well documented, and uh, I think everyone knows my feelings on uh, Malik Tillman. I would keep him. But I don't know what's going to happen now, considering the fact that Michael Beale came out and said after the game it's going to be the biggest. It's going to be the biggest rebuild at Ibrox in years. So I don't know if he might have second thoughts now about signing Tillman for five million pounds. And also I'd keep Raskin and Cantwell. So that's and and, uh, and the last player I would keep would be Scott Arfield. Um, Scott Arfield, even when he came on on Sunday, I thought he was fine. He was trying to make things happen. He wasn't hiding. And I have a lot of time for Scott Arfield. He's been a great servant. And I'm not saying start Scott Arfield every week. I'm not saying he should be a regular starter, but he has a role, role at Rangers as a squad player. Always gives it 110%. And the game that made me decide, you know what, I want Arfield to get a new deal was the Aberdeen game earlier on this season where he came on, scored two goals in stoppage time to get his three points at Pataudry. So it just shows you he's still an, an asset in that sense. So... Yeah, that's all the players that we keep, Chris. The rest I would get rid of. Like Ben Davies, we spent four point five million pounds on him. He is honest to God. Like, uh, what was Klopp thinking when he signed him? Right, I really don't know what he was thinking when he signed Ben Davies. Then he was saying, "Oh, our Rangers have got a great player in their hands." Ben Davies, okay, he was fine earlier on this season. Like against, no disrespect, but the Hibs and the Hearts and that, right? But it's all fun games. You get judged on, Chris. It's all fun games. And Ben Davies has been a disaster, especially in the, the game uh, a few weeks ago at Celtic Park where he made that horrific mistake for uh, Celtic's uh, second goal. Um, yeah, I think it's just been the story of Rangers' season. It's We've, we've just went backwards where Rangers are going to end the season trophyless. Recruitment's been abysmal. Celtic have done recruitment right. Um, Celtic like they've spent their money wisely. Rangers, especially this season, have not. Um, yeah, and it's it's just been a complete failure of a season. We've went backwards. It's crazy to think this time last year, Chris Rangers were Rangers made a Europa League final. Now we're going to end the season trophyless. We've not won a old fun game this season. Probably won't win I Ibrox uh, next weekend uh, against Celtic. Celtic are going to go and do the treble. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think two successful seasons for Rangers uh, over the last couple of years and now we've went way backwards and it is just a disaster. Like Celtic, I don't think Celtic are light years ahead of Rangers, but they've, they've, they're have they a good distance ahead right now, that's for sure. Yeah, how, just obviously you've rhymed off the players you would keep who would go. How many signings do you think it will take Michael Beal to say Rangers are in a place where they can really challenge Celtic if you can put a number on it? Well, he did say, because I think I listed off about 10 players there that I would keep, right? Well, 10 players, but obviously I said I would send out Ravi Matondo out in loan, so that's about nine players or something that I said I'll keep. But if I'm, if Michael Beal did say it's going to be the biggest rebuild. Rangers have seen Rangers have seen in years, so I'm. I think we'll probably need to bring in maybe nine to ten players. I think nine to ten players, maybe twelve, um, because we need a goalkeeper. Um, or I think we're going to need one or two fullbacks. Uh, we're going to just need, we need to rip apart uh, our final third completely. It needs to be ripped apart because our final third is a disgrace. Like 
Because like, as, as I said earlier on, Celtic knew that Rangers weren't going to hurt them. That's why Celtic just sat back and they were like, yeah, Rangers aren't going to do anything here. So all we need to do is just sit back, sit compact and see the game out. Because we weren't going to hurt Celtic whatsoever. So we need to rip the final further apart. I would get rid of Trulak as well. Um, I think I don't think he's a bad player, but he doesn't fit in a Michael Beale's system. And he's very one-dimensional where he's just a poacher and we don't, we don't need a poacher. We need someone who can run the yards in the final third. Um, we're, going to need, uh, we're going to need a couple of wingers. Um, we're going to need two or three strikers as well. It's going to be it's going to be a massive rebuild. Um, and it looks like we're like with Jack Buckland. I'll be I'll be happy with that signing. I think Jack Buckland's a, a very good goalkeeper. Um, he's a he's a proven Premier League goalkeeper. He's at a good age. I think he's at thirty. Um, and he's number two at Manchester United right now. So I don't know what he's he's on loan at Man United, and he's. I don't know if his contract is going to... I don't think his contract is up until next season. I might be wrong in that, I'm not too sure. But I'm, I imagine we'll be able to get Jack Butland for a, a decent fee. And, and he's, I think he's six foot four or something, which is so ideal <laughs> for a goalkeeper as well. Um, but yeah, I think if we get Jack Butland, that'll be a good bit of business. Um, but I imagine Michael Beale is listed up a good number of targets because he's under pressure as well because... Celtic are going to go do a treble because of him. Let's, let's no beat around the bush, Chris. Like, Celtic are going to go do a do a treble and Michael Beale needs to take a lot of accountability for that. Um, I think Michael Beale's done fine so far. Um, obviously, he inherited a squad that's not his. Um, but the old firm games is where you are judged. and He's, he's, failed, he's failed in pretty much all of them. Um, the cup final, especially, where that defeat was on him where he started John Lundstrom and Glenn Kamara, which just baffled me. And then I know he was unfortunate at Parkhead a, a few weeks ago. And the game on Sunday where it was just... Yeah, I've got, like, obviously, it's it, it always stops on the manager, doesn't it? And, yeah, I think Michael Beale, he has to hit the ground running next season, Chris. He has to. He has to get the summer right. This isn't, like... He's not in a situation where he's going to be, going to be given time. Gerard was given time. Uh, four years ago, because that was a rebuild. Because that was like where Jenna had to, it was like, it had to like start it from scratch effectively. And we all knew, right, Gerard were appointed a rookie manager. He's going to need time. And we, we gave Gerard time. Because first season, we made the Europa League, finished second. So that's progress we made. Second season, we were doing well. Then the second half season, we went off the off the rails a bit. But obviously, season ended early. And that's well, that's been well documented. But then, obviously, in Gerard's third season, Rangers won 55. So, yeah, the time paid off. But Rangers are in no position right now to be given managers time. Because if Rangers, just say, for example, Rangers are seven points behind in October uh, to Celtic, he's going to be under, under major pressure. Major pressure. And you're obviously seeing a lot of uh, outgoings at Rangers right now. Rangers have a new chief executive there's, I think there's major changes happening in the youth academy as well. So it's, it's like big things are going to be happening this summer. Um, obviously Rangers need to appoint a new director of football. Um, I don't know who that will be. Uh, I've seen some stuff on uh, Twitter. Apparently it might be Graham Sunnis, uh, but I don't see that happening. Um, but yeah, it's like see, I would not, I wouldn't be against us not appointing. Uh, a director of football, but I know a lot of clubs in the, the morning game like to do that. Um, but 
like Walter Smith and Postacoglu. Like, I'm just saying that's two manager managers off the top of my head. They didn't need a director of football, like especially Postacoglu. Look, look at look at the state Celtic around two years ago. Like like, we were, like you and I were even saying two years ago, like right after he's lost the hearts, like it's a good chance Celtic could probably finish thirtieth. And look, Postacoglu's done a tremendous job where he rebuilt that Celtic squad and went on to do a double. And now Celtic are going to go do a treble. So there's no excuse for Michael Beal to be like, be like, oh, I need some time. No, you don't. You need to hit the ground running. You need you need to replicate what Ange Postecoglou done in his first season. So yeah, there's no Levy here for Michael Beal. He has to get a spot on, and Rangers need to win the league next season. No ifs, no buts, no excuses. Rangers need to win the league next season because if Rangers don't, Rangers are just going to continue to. Like fall further behind Celtic, and that cannot happen because Celtic are just going to get better and better. The only way I can see Celtic maybe like going down a negative pathway would be if Postecoglou was to leave, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Yeah, I think Postecoglou would definitely be here for at least an off season, possibly an off season after that, and then who knows? Depends who wants to come in from if a job in England comes up or that. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think Ange Postecoglou was regarded as a bit of a nobody two years ago. Obviously, B wasn't exactly a nobody compared to Postecoglou. Um, but yeah, probably the quick turnaround that Postecoglou got when he was going to be sacked by Christmas, um, Beal definitely has the pressure on him that he has to get this summer transfer window right and get Rangers challenging next season. But in the meantime, um, Celtic now through to face Inverness Caledonian Thistle in the cup final Saturday 3rd of June with a 5.30pm kickoff. What's your thoughts on the final itself and the kickoff time, Scott? Well, I think it's like no disrespect to Inverness and their fans, but Celtic are just gonna it's gonna be a breeze for Celtic. So the cup final for both teams was on Sunday for Celtic and Rangers. It was that semi-final. And I did say whoever wins that semi-final are going to go on and win the cup. Um, so yeah, it'll be a good day out for Inverness fans, and they've done great this season. I think Billy Dodge has done a tremendous, do- tremendous job. Inverness are still in contention to finish in the playoffs and gain promotion to the Premiership, and they're in a cup final, which is a a great bonus. Um, but the kickoff time in itself, I know it was uh, moved because they didn't want to clash with the FA Cup final down south between Man United and Man City, but. I've seen a lot of a lot of people who a lot of people are unhappy about it. But if I was an Inverness fan or a Celtic fan, I would be happy with that. With half five because if anything, I think it benefits Inverness fans because it's a half five kickoff. They'll get a good day out before the before the cup final starts in Glasgow. Um, a lot of them can, a lot of them like won't need to do a, like an overnight bus journey. Can travel up a few days before or a day before or whatever. Um, I know it's unusual for a Scottish Cup final to kick off at that time, but I would I would be happy with that because both sets of fans get a proper good wee day out instead and get a few pints before it instead of a half twelve a half twelve uh, kick off. But what's your take on it? Uh, I agree to some extent. Yeah, obviously, particularly the Inverness fans like travelling down that A nine and back. Um, obviously. Helps that it wasn't a half twelve because that was the initial talk, and then it was like Inverness fans were complaining they get shafted for the semi that being a half twelve kickoff, and then it was going to be a half twelve final. So some more suitable kickoff time, maybe unless you take public transport, and then there may be kind of short options to 
get back up to Inverness on a train on the Saturday night. But um, I kind of can't help but feel a little bit as well that this is how Scottish football again gets kind of looked down upon and viewed upon negatively because it's kind of like we're playing second fiddle and to accommodate an all Manchester FA Cup final in England. I know the broadcast companies down to ratings and that, I guess, but um, yeah, I can't help but feel that sentiment a wee bit if you get me. Yeah, dude, like I know where you're coming from, like completely. Where I can see why some fans would be disappointed at that, disappointed at that because it'd be like, why are we catering to English football? Like, they've got nothing to do with us. We should focus on our own game here, you know, but. Yeah, obviously from that like in a traditional sense, I can get why people are like Scottish Cup final kicking off half five. No, it should be happening during the day. Um, but what I was going to ask you, what do you make of the allocations? Where I think Celtic are getting, I think it's forty thousand, and Inverness are only getting ten thousand, and I think Inverness for the semi final got fourteen thousand. I think I think if I'm being honest, I think Inverness fans have been hard done by here. I. Uh... Don't know what, how many exactly showed up for the semi, but I would have um, at least obviously not gave Celtic as much as that to begin with. Um, obviously, a more suitable kickoff time, so they'd be bound to sell more of an allocation for the final, plus with it being a final itself. So, yeah, I can see why Inverness fans would feel that a little bit hard done by. And then it was like, if you gave them an initial allocation and then if they weren't to sell it, then yeah, I would understand them opening it up to Celtic fans, but. Um, yeah, cutting them short, um, and it's like the initial sales phase. Um, obviously Celtic, like fans keen to see your treble. Obviously, I'm probably going to avoid Hamden that day, given my own kind of dodgy record of going to cup games against Cali Thistle. Um, less said the better. Um, I like, I probably got offered a ticket or something, or one will come my way, but I'll be like, no, sell it on and doing my bit to try and preserve the treble as best I can. Don't want to be the one that jinxes it for everyone. Do you think there's any chance someone else could beat Celtic and cause an upset? Um, if they did, this is don't even think that's a bold claim. It would be bigger than Super Cali go ballistic. Because think of the mess that Celtic were in at that time with John Barnes as a manager. This is like Ange Posse Cogwa, the treble anointed and waiting Celtic team against a Cali Thistle that's like just kind of mid-table championship scrape trying to scrape into the promotion playoffs like, I think they were similar level back 23 years ago but um, if that this Inverness team can knock off um, Ange Postecoglou's side that just look unstoppable then I think you've got a bigger upset than Super Cali Globalistic Oh yeah 100% but I just can't see past Celtic for that final I think Celtic players will be up for it they're playing a championship side in Inverness and obviously I praise Billy Dodds for getting to the final, and I ho- actually hope Inverness do get promoted, because if they do get promoted, for me, I would actually class Billy Dodds as manager of the year, if he is able to get Inverness promoted. Uh, like a cup final and promotion through the playoffs, tremendous job. Um, but in terms of manager of the year, I, I think I know who you're going to give it to, be Posikoglu. Yeah, probably just the on Suffolk Celtic have been obviously the only loss on our record still that at the moment that um Marnaway game um obviously drew at Ibrox and then our hundred percent home record in the league um Motherwell snatching a point but um I fully expect us to go on and do this weekend. I just think we're riding a wave of momentum that will 
want to get this league wrapped up before Ibrox. Yeah, and if I'm being, like, obviously we'll go into that now. Like, I just like can't wait to see the back of this season. Like, see for the rest of the games. Like, we've got five games left, right? I would just want us to play the likes of Yelmas, play some of the young boys. Don't play the players that aren't going to be here next season. Uh, Ryan Kent, as I said, great servant, but I don't want to see him wear a Rangers jersey again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm done with Ryan Kent after uh, last Sunday. Same goes with Morelos. I've, I'll always be grateful for what, they, what they've done for Rangers, but Michael Beale needs to be ruthless. Um, don't play the players that aren't going to be here next season. Because um, we've got nothing to lose now. Like Season's over. We've got second. We're like twenty six points ahead of Aberdeen, but that just shows you, like, I, like I was I actually watched Neil Lennon's interview just to bring this up very briefly. I watched Neil Lennon's interview. I won. It was with Peter Martin, and I actually agree with him. He was spot on here, and I've said this for a long time. The standard, the standard of the SPFL this season is it's got to be the worst that I've seen it. Like you've got Celtic Rangers, and then the gap. It's just ridiculous between the old firm and everyone else. I've like Rangers are poor, but we're still twenty six points ahead of Aberdeen, and like I can't like. Can you recall the standard of the Premiership being this bad? I I went back through the tables from like in the past like twenty five or so seasons. Um, can't remember off the top of my head like when it would have been like the gulf between the old firm and the rest of the league like when it was this bad. I think it has been before, but I can't remember exactly when. But, um, yeah, for definite, and certainly the last decade, probably, this is probably the biggest golfing class between the old firm and the rest of the league. Yeah, it's it's not a good look for our game, if I'm being honest. Because um, I've always said this season, I was like, yeah, Hearts are the third best team in the country, but Hearts have not been able to take one point off the old firm this season. We've played Hearts, I think, three times a season. Went to Tyne Castle both times, beat them 4 0. Like, yeah, like, you've played them like five times or something. Like, I wouldn't say battered them every time, but you've beat them every time. And then, then obviously, you look at Aberdeen, who are now third in the league. They lost to Darvo in the Scottish Cup. It's, <laughs> it is, it's not, it's not a good look. And hopefully, next season, the standard will be better. Um, and you and I have spoken about this plenty of times, especially in the chat and on the podcast. I would love to see the league expanded to maybe 16 teams, 18 teams. But sadly, we know that's not going to happen because Sky are the ones that call the shots. So they want their full old firm games a season. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. Because the SFA, SPFL, they bend over backwards to cater to Sky all the time. And I, I like we even said it in the, the day of the semi final. I think Graham put in the chat. Um, I, f- I find these old firm games so boring now. There's too many, and that's what well, even me, you, and Joe were like. Yeah, it's like this is the fifth one this season. Still got another to go. Six old firm games in one season. That is just far too much. It is just the novelty yeah. getting like it's getting worn off. The novelty for it now, and you see people down south as well saying that. Right, they're like, how many times the Rangers have to play each other? It's like ten times a season. Like they're, even they're saying it, it's like. Come on, man! It's like play them each other so much. Where it would be, it would mean so much more if it was like two league games a season. Obviously, we can't control cup games, right? But nine, 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 nine times out of ten, Rangers and Celtic are going to meet each other in the cup anyway. So you're pretty much guaranteed your four old firm games in a sense. 
three or four old firm games, but two in the league, that would be perfect. No four in the league, then then two in the cup. And then, you know, obviously, remember 13 years ago, we played each other seven times in one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, and just to think, by the way, we went to that, um, that Sydney uh, pre-season, no, that, no pre-season, that Sydney friendly cup during uh, the World Cup break. That, you see, we went out and played just, that, that would have meant we, we would have played each other seven times this season. Just complete, complete overkill. I know, and as you say, it's obviously the, the way the season structured, they let the split be made, obviously. It's always at the home stretch of the season. You've got like, the third pre-split old firm, you've, as you say, is like, always go far in the cup, so we're bound to meet each other at some point. So you the semi there, and then a week on Saturday, you've got another old firm. So it's just overkill, and especially at this home stretch of the season, because it's bound to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've seen David Martindale said... Um, the other day that he would actually give up a hundred k of his transfer budget to ensure that there's a, a bigger league. So yeah, I think it's I think everyone is pretty much in agreement that they want to see the league extended. Um, but it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen, sadly. And I know a lot of people are like saying stuff like in terms of like where Scottish football showing where they're like, uh, oh, I missed the days when BT had it, but BT didn't put their money. Well, their mouth was yeah. They try to claim that they really care about Scottish football, but why did they offer less lesser money than Sky? Sky offered that like the most money. They put the the best bid in, even though we don't think it's great. Because Sky just pretty much taking the Mickey um, out of Scottish football. And it's clear that they're not really all that like into it in terms of their coverage. Their coverage isn't the best, but at least they actually put their money where their mouth is. Where BT never. Uh, you know, so yeah, it's just going to be the, it's just the way it's going to be, and unless there's going to be a, re- a revamp uh, with the governing bodies, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. It's just going to be like this for the next good few years, um, because obviously the, the governing bodies they are just I feel as though they're completely out of touch as well. They're completely just not into it. They're just trying to line their pockets as well, but it's just sadly the way it is, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm aware we've only got a few minutes left in this call, so uh, I just wanted to wrap up, obviously. Um, there's four European spots, obviously Celtic Rangers, the two Champions League spots. There could be up to five. Um, if Celtic do the treble, then um, five teams from the top six will go into Europe. So how do you see the final European spots playing out? Well... I'm going to say, obviously, Celtic are going to win a league. Rangers have already got second. Um, I think Aberdeen will get third. All they need to do is win two games. And I, I don't think I, you would have heard me say that um, two two months ago. I think no. Aberdeen <laughs> die, not a chance. Um, Aberdeen will get third. Hearts shot themselves in the foot by sacking Robbie Nielsen. They'll, they'll finish fourth. Um, and see the way it is just now, Chris? I think that's the way it will be come the end of the season. Uh, well, I think it'll be the, the, the way the league table is now. It'll be Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen Hearts, Hibs, and St Mirren. I think St Mirren. I think St Mirren will bottle it. Um, like in the in the next five games, uh, I think Hibs will just edge it, and they'll get the that European conference spot. And that's how I see the top six finishing up this season. And then obviously you see. The bottom half as well. Like, obviously, I'll touch on that. Like, I think before I actually do, like, don't you think it's ridiculous, right? That 
the Aberdeen and Hearts game won't be shown on telly. Then my derby game will not be shown in telly. The bottom half uh, games won't be shown in telly, on the telly, even though there's a lots of storylines going on where Hearts and Aberdeen are going for for sport. European places up for grabs here, like even with St Mirren and Hibs. Um, relegations, relegation fight is tight as anything this season. But Sky are just going to show like point like games that mean nothing now. They're going to show they're going to show Celtic and Rangers games where both of them won't mean anything because Celtic have wrapped the league up. Rangers have absolutely hee haw to play for. But Sky are just going to show those games. And yeah, that's what I was saying. Sky just they all I I, I get it with the old firm game, like Rangers and Celtic bring in the ratings, right? But I'm on like the Rangers and Celtic have nothing to play for now. Literally. So why not give the other teams some TV time? Because you've got some entertaining story storylines going on. So well, I just want to get your take on that before we wrap up. Uh it's like as you say, is it's like they don't care about promoting the game at all. It's just kind of let them know Celtic Rangers, that's your money, that's your ratings. They don't care about promoting the exciting because there's obviously I help out with this. So that's the championship's quite an exciting level of Scottish football. That's that's been Endies League this year and it's went down to the final game of the season between Queen's Park and Dundee tomorrow night. So it's like it's kind of like nobody's wanted that league and it's came down to the final game and even the playoff spots are completely up for grabs. Oh yeah, it's super, they're missing out. Yeah, exactly. It's super competitive in the championship this season. Even last season as well, where we've seen the fairy, the fairy, me, the fairy tale story of uh, Abroth, where they nearly won the league. So, yeah, I think it's just, it's just a shame though that even the championship is not getting enough coverage, even though it's arguably the most entertaining league in Scotland right now. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you want to listen to more episodes of Scott Score, they are available on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.